0: Head to slash briefing now for their one of a kind flexible financing program. Hello. From CNN, I'm Joe Beck, with the five things you need to know for Thursday, December 7th. Clashes are still ongoing today in both northern and southern Gaza, where Israeli officials say their forces have surrounded the house of Hamas's leader. That's in the city of Han Yunus, but doctors in the area say they're seeing a surge in civilian casualties. The injuries arriving at this hospital are very severe for women and children. The situation is catastrophic in all senses of the word. The lack of medical tools and the resources means we can't treat injured in this state." This comes as an investigation by Amnesty International alleges that a US-made weapons guidance system was used in two Israeli airstrikes in Gaza that killed 43 civilians. The recently released report says fragments of the system were found in the rubble of homes destroyed in central Gaza back in October. Israel uses a wide variety of American weapons and munitions, but this is one of the first attempts to tie an American-made weapon to a specific attack that killed a significant number of civilians. CNN can't independently verify Amnesty's findings, and Israel's military called the report, quote, "...flawed, biased, and premature, based on baseless assumptions." We're learning more about the shooter who killed three people and wounded another yesterday at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Law enforcement sources say the suspect was 67-year-old former college professor Anthony Polito, who was killed at the scene. They said the current theory on a possible motive is that he was turned down for a job at the school. The local sheriff says the shooting started shortly before noon at the university's business school building where students and professors were preparing for next week's final exams. This mother spoke to KTNV about the relief of finding out her child was safe. I can breathe. That is the weight of the world lifted off of me right now to know that my child is okay. I cannot imagine the devastation that our family would go through if she hadn't come home." Nikki Haley took a lot of the heat at last night's Republican presidential debate in Alabama, but she didn't seem to mind. I love all the attention, fellas. Thank you for that." And it probably is a good sign for the former South Carolina governor, because it means the other candidates on stage for the News Nation debate likely saw her as their biggest competition. Vivek Ramaswamy called Haley, "...lipstick on a Dick Cheney," and Ron DeSantis questioned the motivations of her donors. Chris Christie, on the other hand, spread more of his attacks on Ramaswamy and DeSantis, portraying his opponents as immature, annoying, and not ready for the job. But with less than six weeks until the Iowa caucuses, pundits say the events on stage last night aren't expected to do much to close the gap between the four candidates who showed up and the ever-absent frontrunner, former President Donald Trump. With abortions now banned in more than a dozen states and restricted in many others, nearly one in five people looking for an abortion in the first half of 2023 had to travel out of state. That's according to a report from the Guttmacher Institute, a sexual and reproductive health think tank that supports abortion rights. Their research shows it's become about twice as common for people to travel across state lines for their abortion care, since the Supreme Court ended Roe v. Wade last year. A data scientist involved in the research says although the numbers are significant, they may actually understate the impact of that decision, as more people are traveling further and having to spend more on abortion care. Employees at one of America's most-read newspapers are on strike today. We'll tell you why next. Hundreds of staffers at The Washington Post are walking out today, in the biggest strike at the company in nearly half a century. They're protesting recently announced job cuts and applying pressure on management to reach an agreement on a new contract that they've been negotiating for a year and a half. The Post's management said in October that it's looking to slash its workforce by 10% through voluntary buyouts, as the newspaper is struggling financially. That's all for now. Our next episode drops at noon Eastern.